0: Hello, and thank you for staying with me as we continue with Of Human Bondage by W. Somerset Maugham, Chapter 75, Segment 1. Next day Philip was in a good temper. He was very anxious not to bore Mildred with too much of his society, and so had arranged that he should not see her till dinner-time. She was ready when he fetched her, and he chaffed her for her unwanted punctuality. She was wearing a new dress he had given her. He remarked on its smartness. It'll have to go back and be altered, she said. The skirt hangs all wrong. You'll have to make the dressmaker hurry up if you want to take it to Paris with you. It'll be ready in time for that. Only three more whole days. We'll go over by the eleven o'clock, shall we? If you like. He would have her for nearly a month entirely to himself. His eyes rested on her with hungry adoration. He was able to laugh a little at his own passion. I wonder what it is I see in you, he smiled. "'That's a nice thing to say,' she answered. "'Her body was so thin that one could almost see her skeleton. "'Her chest was as flat as a boy's. "'Her mouth, with its narrow pale lips, was ugly, "'and her skin was faintly green. "'I shall give you blods, pills, and quantities when we're away,' "'said Philip, laughing. "'I'm going to bring you back fat and rosy. "'I don't want to get fat,' she said. "'She did not speak of Griffiths, and presently, while they were dining, "'Philip, half in malice, for he felt sure of himself and his power over her, said, "'It seems to me you were having a great flirtation with Harry last night.' "'I told you I was in love with him,' she laughed. "'I'm glad to know he's not in love with you. "'How do you know?' I asked him. "'She hesitated a moment, looking at Philip, and a curious gleam came into her eyes. "'Would you like to read a letter I had from him this morning?' She handed him an envelope, and Philip recognized Griffith's bold, legible writing. There were eight pages. It was well written, frank, and charming. It was the letter of a man who was used to making love to women. He told Mildred that he loved her passionately. He had fallen in love with her the first moment he saw her. He did not want to love her, for he knew how fond Philip was of her, but he could not help himself. Philip was such a dear, and he was very much ashamed of himself, but it was not his fault. He was just carried away." He paid her delightful compliments. Finally, he thanked her for consenting to lunch with him next day and said he was dreadfully impatient to see her. Philip noticed that the letter was dated the night before. Griffiths must have written it after leaving Philip and had taken the trouble to go out and post it when Philip thought he was in bed. He read it with a sickening palpitation of his heart but gave no outward sign of surprise. He handed it back to Mildred with a smile, calmly. "'Did you enjoy your lunch?' Rather, she said emphatically. He felt that his hands were trembling, so he put them under the table. You mustn't take Griffiths too seriously. He's just a butterfly, you know. She took the letter and looked at it again. End of Segment 1 Chapter 75 Segment 2 "'I can't help it either,' she said, in a voice which she tried to make nonchalant. "'I don't know what's come over me.' "'It's a little awkward for me, isn't it?' said Philip. "'She gave him a quick look. "'You're taking it pretty calmly, I must say. "'What do you expect me to do? "'Do you want me to tear my hair out in handfuls?' "'I knew you'd be angry with me. "'The funny thing is, I'm not at all. "'I ought to have known this would happen.' I was a fool to bring you together. I know perfectly well that he's got every advantage over me. He's much jollier. He's very handsome. He's more amusing. He can talk to you about the things that interest you. I don't know what you mean by that. If I'm not clever, I can't help it. But I'm not the fool you think I am. Not by a long way, I can tell you. You're a bit too superior for me, my young friend. Do you want to quarrel with me? He asked mildly. "'No, but I don't see why you should treat me as if I was I don't know what. "'I'm sorry. I didn't mean to offend you. "'I just wanted to talk things over quietly. "'We don't want to make a mess of them if we can help it. "'I saw you were attracted by him, and it seemed to me very natural. "'The only thing that really hurts is that he should have encouraged you. "'He knew how awfully keen I was on you. "'I think it's rather shabby of him to have written that letter to you five minutes "'after he told me he didn't care two pence about you.' If you think you're going to make me like him any less by saying nasty things about him, you're mistaken." Philip was silent for a moment. He did not know what words he could use to make her see his point of view. He wanted to speak coolly and deliberately, but he was in such turmoil of emotion that he could not clear his thoughts. It's not worthwhile sacrificing everything for an infatuation that you know can't last. After all, he doesn't care for anyone more than ten days, and you're rather cold. That sort of thing doesn't mean very much to you. That's what you think. She made it more difficult for him by adopting a cantankerous tone. If you're in love with him, you can't help it. I'll just bear it as best I can. We get on very well together, you and I, and I've not behaved badly to you, have I? I've always known that you're not in love with me but you like me all right, and when we get over to Paris, you'll forget about Griffiths. If you make up your mind to put him out of your thoughts, you won't find it so hard as all that, and I've deserved to have something. She did not answer, and they went on eating their dinner. When the silence grew oppressive, Philip began to talk of indifferent things. He pretended not to notice that Mildred was inattentive. Her answers were perfunctory, and she volunteered no remarks of her own. At last, she interrupted abruptly what he was saying. Philip, I'm afraid I shan't be able to go away on Saturday. The doctor says I oughtn't to. He knew this was not true, but he answered, When will you be able to come away? She glanced at him, saw that his face was white and rigid, and looked nervously away. She was, at that moment, a little afraid of him. I may as well tell you and have done with it. I can't come away with you at all. "'I thought you were driving at that. "'It's too late to change your mind now. "'I've got the tickets and everything. "'You said you didn't wish me to go unless I wanted to, and I don't. "'I've changed my mind. "'I'm not going to have any more tricks played with me. "'You must come. "'I like you very much, Philip, as a friend, "'but I can't bear to think of anything else. "'I don't like you that way. "'I couldn't, Philip. "'You were quite willing to a week ago. "'It was different then.' you hadn't met Griffiths. You said yourself I couldn't help it if I'm in love with him. Her face was set into a sulky look, and she kept her eyes fixed on her plate. Philip was white with rage. He would have liked to hit her in the face with his clenched fist, and in a fancy he saw how she would look with a black eye. There were two lads of eighteen dining at a table near them, and now and then they looked at Mildred. He wondered if they envied him dining with a pretty girl. Perhaps they were wishing they stood in his shoes. It was Mildred who broke the silence. What's the good of our going away together? I'd be thinking of him the whole time. It wouldn't be much fun for you. That's my business, he answered. End of segment two. Chapter 75, segment three. She thought over all his reply implicated, and she reddened. But that's just beastly. What of it? I thought you were a gentleman in every sense of the word. You were mistaken. His reply entertained him, and he laughed as he said it. For God's sake, don't laugh, she cried. I can't come away with you, Philip. I'm awfully sorry. I know I haven't behaved well to you, but one can't force themselves. Have you forgotten that when you were in trouble, I did everything for you? I planked out the money to keep you till your baby was born. I paid for your doctor and everything. I paid for you to go to Brighton, and I'm paying for the keep of your baby. I'm paying for your clothes. I'm paying for every stitch you've got on now. If you was a gentleman, you wouldn't throw what you've done for me in my face. Oh, for goodness sake, shut up! What do you suppose I care if I'm a gentleman or not? If I were a gentleman, I shouldn't waste my time with a vulgar slut like you. I don't care a damn if you like me or not. "'I'm sick of being made a blasted fool of. "'You're jolly well coming to Paris with me on Saturday, "'or you can take the consequences.' "'Her cheeks were red with anger, "'and when she answered her voice had the hard commonness "'which she had concealed generally by a genteel enunciation. "'I never liked you, not from the beginning, "'but you forced yourself on me. "'I always hated it when you kissed me. "'I wouldn't let you touch me now, not if I was starving.' Philip tried to swallow the food on his plate, but the muscles of his throat refused to act. He gulped down something to drink and lit a cigarette. He was trembling in every part. He did not speak. He wanted for her to move, but she sat in silence, staring at the white tablecloth. If they had been alone, he would have flung his arms round her and kissed her passionately. He fancied the throwing back of her long, white throat as he pressed upon her mouth with his lips. They passed an hour without speaking and at last Philip thought the waiter began to stare at them curiously. He called for the bill. Shall we go? He said then in an even tone. She did not reply but gathered together her bag and her gloves. She put on her coat. When are you seeing Griffiths again? Tomorrow, she answered indifferently. You'd better talk it over with him. She opened her bag mechanically and saw a piece of paper in it. She took it out. "'Here's the bill for the dress,' she said, hesitatingly. "'What of it? I promised I'd give her the money tomorrow. "'Did you? Does that mean you won't pay for it "'after having told me I could get it? It does. "'I'll ask Harry,' she said, flushing quickly. "'He'll be glad to help you. He owes me seven pounds at the moment, "'and he pawned his microscope last week because he was so broke. "'You needn't think you can frighten me by that. "'I'm quite capable of earning my own living.' it's the best thing you can do. I don't propose to give you a farthing more. She thought of her rent due on Saturday and the baby's keep, but did not say anything. They left the restaurant, and in the street Philip asked her, shall I call a cab for you? I'm going to take a little stroll. I haven't got any money. I had to pay a bill this afternoon. It won't hurt you to walk. If you want to see me tomorrow, I shall be in at tea time. He took off his hat and sauntered away. He looked around in a moment and saw that she was standing helplessly where he had left her, looking at the traffic. He went back and with a laugh pressed a coin into her hand. Here's to Bob for you to get home with. Before she could speak, he hurried away. End of segment three.